CEO nugget is it's better to hire somebody who's a rock star at whatever it is that you want them to do for five hours a week versus somebody who stinks or is, is not so good for 40 hours a week. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. And I have a very special guest on the show today at Brian Clayton of Green Pal. Brian, it's awesome to have you on the show. Gresh, thanks for having me on. Great to be here. Definitely super excited to have you on as a long contributor to our site as we were talking about before. And what I wanted to do is just read a little bit more about Brian so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Brian is CEO and co-founder of Green Pal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. Green Pal has been called the Uber for lawn care by Entrepreneur Magazine. It has over 100,000 active users, completing thousands of transactions per day. Before starting Green Pal, Brian co-founded uh, Peachtree Peach Incorporated, one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, growing into over $10 million a year of annual revenue before it was acquired by Lusa Holdings in 2013. Brian's interests and expertise are related to entrepreneurialism, small business growth, marketing, bootstrapping businesses from zero revenue to profitability and exit. Brian, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Yeah. So I was drugged into entrepreneurship, kicking and screaming by my father on a hot summer day. He said, get off your butt. You've got a job to do. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. He made me go mow the neighbor's yard. Uh, I got paid 20 bucks. Something about that just stuck with me because uh, I, ever since then, I've just been in business for myself. Uh, and I remember the first thing I did after I got done mowing the neighbor's grass, I went to my computer, made up a bunch of flyers, passed them all around the neighborhood. And I had like 10 customers by the end of that first summer. And I actually just stuck with that lawn mowing business. I, I cut grass all through high school, all through college. And, and when I graduated college, I made a decision. Okay, I'm going to see how far I can take this thing. I, I didn't really want to be a lawn guy my entire life, but I just said, hey, I'm going to see if I can turn this into a real business and made a little business plan. And over a 15 year period of time, uh, with a lot of work and a lot of luck, uh, grew that into one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, where I live, got it over $10 million a year in annual revenue, over 150 employees, and uh, eventually was able to navigate that company all the way through to exit. In 2013, it was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. And so that's, you know, growing that business, just me and a push mower to me and a hundred trucks going out every day. I learned a lot the hard way about how to, how to get a business going. Uh, but when I sold it, I retired, I took some time off and I got bored. I realized, wow, I'm missing something. There's something missing in my life. I need, I need purpose. I need, I need passion. And I, what I realized about myself is my business is the source of that purpose. It is the source of that passion. And I thought, okay, time to start the next thing. And so I recruited two co-founders and we went to work on an app called Green Pal, which is the Uber for lawn mowing been at this one for eight years and uh, we've got it over 300,000 people using the app to get their lawn mode doing 20 million dollars a year in sales and so we're an eight-year overnight success 
<laughs> nice. I absolutely love that. And I love, you know, you you, you taking a little um, sabbatical, I guess you could say, and, and going to retirement and, and coming back like MJ with another plan <laughs> way that you can kind of attack the lawn care industry. So um, I know you talked a little bit upon, you know, GreenPal and how it works. Could you take us through a little bit more of, uh, about that and wh how, what exactly it does to service clients? Yeah. So ordinarily you, to get this service done, you call around on Craigslist, Yelp, Facebook, you might ask friends for, fan, for recommendations. You're, you're going to dial for dollars. You're going to leave voicemails and hopefully get a quote and then hire somebody and hopefully they show up. It's kind of a pain in the butt. And uh, I saw what, you know, in 2013, I saw what Uber and Airbnb and Lyft were doing for these real world transactions, making them easier, seamless and magical. I thought an app needs to exist for the industry that I know. And so that was kind of the vision. You you should be able to put your address in and somebody should show up and, and, and mow it. And that's still what we're working on to this day. You know, the, it, it, as a homeowner, you just put your address in, you'll get quotes back. You can read reviews about who you want to work for, work, work with, and then just hire them right through the app. They come out and mow it. You'll see a picture of the completed yard. You pay them. And then if everything goes well, you just set them up for the whole season to come mow your yard for you. And it just happens in the background, like, like magic where we really, uh, have impact and really why we do what we do is on the service provider side. We really try to just build a business in a box for them. All they have to do is just plug into our platform and everything from getting new customers to route management, getting paid on time, marketing automation, all these things just happen for them. And that's really where we have impact. We have a, we offer a nice convenience for homeowners, uh, just push a button, get the service done. But for service providers, we really try to help change their life, improve their business and help them make material income. Nice. I, I definitely appreciate that. And it sounds like you came a little bit, uh, a little bit away from being able to kind of put up those flyers as you did when you were just getting started to now having a full business in the box for those people that are starting their business. Yeah. But to your point, when we started GreenPal, it was kind of like starting all over again. That was actually when we, when we launched the first version of the apps. So believe it or not, we passed out like 200,000 door hangers all over nice. Nashville, Tennessee, uh, just to get the word out about it. And we were able to get just enough users to be able to meet with people and get feedback about what we were building and, and some assumptions that we had that weren't correct. And just really trying to do what, uh, what they call customer discovery, really trying to figure out what problems we're solving and for who and how we need to market this thing. And, and so getting over that cold start, we, we just, we got over just with sheer hustle, just, just trying to, to manufacture that momentum. And so I think, uh, I think a lot of people in the tech startup game kind of want to fast forward to, to the scaling part. And really, you kind of have to hand crank it for a while to figure out what the heck it is you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate you for sharing that and, and you're talking more in depth about that because I think uh, I love the phrase that you said, the eight-year overnight success, because I think I, I read something that they said the secret to the overnight success is it takes 10 years, 20 years, however long. Um, and you don't see kind of like the process there, but you're absolutely right where I think so many times we have an idea and we want to impact as many people as possible, but you don't go through the... I don't know if we call it transitionary moment or the grind, so to speak, but really understanding what you are trying to do for your clients and customers, understanding how to do it, and then scaling it after you have that data and information. So I, I appreciate you for talking about that. Yeah, it, it, the problem is, is that we read the tech press, or we read Bloomberg or, or TechCrunch, and you'll see a tech startup uh, founder, three, four, five years, just crushing it, nine figures, whatever. And you're like, man, I, I want that. And I should be able to, what you don't realize is like, 
they already like tried and failed on two or three other things yeah. the decade before that. So you're not looking <laughs> at three years. You're really looking at like 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they baked all of the knowledge and, and experience into this thing that did work. And so I don't think there's any way to shortcut uh, the, 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 the come up. I don't think there's any way to shortcut the grind, the slog. Um, even, even when you see these 25, 26 year old uh, entrepreneurs that, that are just blow, that just hit a grand slam. A lot of times they were hacking on stuff like in middle school and, and they were really learning uh, on how to make product at a very young age. There's, there's very, 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 very few examples of true overnight successes. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, agree with that. And one of, that's why one of my favorite books is Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, because I think he even talks about um, Bill Gates sneaking outside of his uh, parents' house to go to the, I think the University of Washington down the street in order to do things and hack right. on the computer while he had certain time and then coming back to wake up, you know, to go to school. But you don't hear all those stories about the true process that it takes to become successful that's right and the, and the only thing you can take from it is just get started get in the game today yeah. to start chewing your way through that because there's no shortcut you're, you're gonna you're gonna waste the first two or three years uh just trying to figure out what it is you're doing and it's gonna take another two or three or four years to get something going and then maybe another four years to make that something big it just takes a, it takes a while yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important to be able to have that passion and that expertise that you can continue trying to grow because the grind you you want to try to love and be passionate about and feel like you're, you're definitely fulfilling a, a mission and a vision. And so um, I, I want to ask you now for what I call your secret sauce. And this could be for yourself personally or your business or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? For me, uh, I'm always working on my best idea. And that's just like the default. Uh, and so for me, you know, starting GreenPal was really tough for my co-founders and I, the first three, four, five years were, were hard. And, and what, what the way we kind of got through that is we just didn't give up. And so, and so for me, like I would wake up every day, like, well, this is my best idea. So I'm just going to keep working on it and like not working on my best idea is not an option. Uh, so that's it. The only way we can move is forward. And so we're just going to keep going. And, and I think like just that relentless, uh, this tenacity to keep moving forward, no matter what, is 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 what tips the odds of success in your failure in, into your favor. Um, it doesn't make me special. It's just something that that I have noticed about myself for the last twenty years is just that bias towards action and this that that unwillingness to to go backwards or give up or quit is what's gotten me you know over the hump building the first business, getting it to eight figures, and now the second business to eight figures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Only focusing on the things that the CEO should focus on. So I don't need to be doing like at this stage of the game. Uh, you know, we have 24 people that work for the business. We, I have product designers. I have content creators. I have engineers. I don't I need to be focusing on only the things that the CEO can focus on. That's setting the culture, setting the vision, setting the strategy, hiring the best people, get, recruiting the best people. Like these are the things that, that only the CEO can do. And so those are the things that I should be focusing on, not only executing on, but getting better at and, and reading books, watching uh, podcasts, seeking out people that can help me grow at those four or five things. 
and not writing code, not not writing blog posts anymore. Although, I mean, if you enjoy that, do that in your spare time, but uh, not designing, not, not, not doing the things that you can delegate to people that are better at it than you are, I think is, is something that I have to constantly remind myself uh, of, that I need to be thinking high leverage, what are the things that are important but aren't necessarily urgent, and staying in that quadrant and, and, and staying high leverage with my time because that, that's at this stage of the game doing $20 million a year in revenue, that's how we're going to get the 40. We're not going to get the 40 with me writing lines of code. Um, I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. And this might be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client or somebody you might mentor, or if you happen into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. CEO nugget is it's better to hire somebody who's a rock star at whatever it is that you want them to do for five hours a week versus somebody who stinks or is, is not so good for 40 hours a week. So mm. if you are building a team, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're maybe you're five people and now you're going to your sixth person and you need a full-time marketer uh, or you need a full-time HR person, or you need a full-time chief of legal, or you need a full-time CFO. It is so much better to go and fractionally hire somebody who is just a rock star at it. And for whatever they make, $100, $200, $300 an hour for five hours a week or whatever you can afford and let that inform everything else that you're doing versus somebody who's, who's an intern or just got out of school or who, who has 20 years of experience repeating the same year 20 times uh, for 40 hours a week. Uh, you're, better, you're, you're better off hiring the best for whatever you can afford them for and then growing into more time with them or, or growing into somebody full-time in that role. Awesome. 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 Well, Brian, I, I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Brian, what does being a CEO mean to you? I think uh, being a CEO means sowing seeds that, that provide opportunities for others around you, I think is a, is a, is a level, is a way to measure the success of a CEO. Like if, if you are providing opportunities for people that work within your organization or who use your products, that's, that's how I measure success as a CEO. And so I wouldn't have like the, the degree to, to, to be able to move the needle on that if I wasn't CEO. So that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's my purpose. It's okay. It's almost like this question, if it weren't for me, X. If it weren't for me, then what? If it weren't for me, well, then there's like 20 something people that wouldn't have a job here. There, there's, there's thousands of service providers that use our technology to grow their lawn mowing business. Um, there's, there's, there's tons of people that use it to just get this chore done that nobody would have any of this, this value in their life if it weren't for me. And so that's, that's what lends purpose to my job as CEO. And that's why I do what I do. Nice. I absolutely love and appreciate that because I think so many times we don't realize the ripple effect, those seeds that you plant and what they end up, you know, um, turning into and the impact that you can have, as you mentioned, the service providers that you work with, but also the the families that need all of those things done. And of course, being able to kind of make an impact and being able to grow a business and, and be a reminder to those people that are, that are looking up to everything that you're doing. So exactly. Brian, Truly appreciate that definition. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get hold of you and find out about the app and all the awesome things you all are working on. Yeah, I guess one final piece of advice. I, I, I saw this quote by Mark Zuckerberg, who you either love him or you hate him. But he, he did say, I think we can all agree on is that don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. 
just mm-hmm. be just try to be open-minded and just inquisitive to learn as much as you can and that might mean like trying to set a goal to read a book a month uh, that might mean turn off turn off the music in the car and turn on a podcast it might mean turn off netflix and pop up youtube and watch a conference or something like that or an interview uh it just be try to be a learn it all because because if you if you can glean that knowledge from somebody who's who's doing what it is you're trying to do it can help it can help uh, improve your odds of success and change your life um so yeah that's that's i guess the final piece of advice anybody that wants to get at me you can reach me at linkedin um and then anybody listening to this that doesn't want to waste time mowing their own yard you can just download green pal in the app store the play store you'll get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in less than a minute Awesome, awesome, awesome. And to make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, to get a hold of Brian. And of course, download the app um, and all the awesome things you're doing. I love that last reminder. I, I think if we uh, uh, kind of uh, adapt that or, or take in that um, that relentlessness, that desire to get better within ourselves, whether it be reading a book or listening to a podcast, then that allows us that opportunity to be a learn it all, as you said so well. And truly appreciate that last point. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.